What's up and welcome to the Bag Clan Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tyler. I'm joined by Blake. How are you doing, Blake? And I'm joined by Rob. Rob, how's it going? Awesome. Um, obviously, Blake isn't here today because he didn't want to be. So, fine. <laughs> Suck it. That's right. Wait Suck it, Blake. Um, I, I was going to say we have a great show for you today, but I don't fucking know. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. You'll yeah, find could out. Be mediocre. Could be mediocre. Yeah. We don't know. Oh, that's our level is just below mediocre. <laughs> um, we'll start off like we normally do with news and notes. Uh, Rob, give us a Le'Veon Bell update. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, nothing. Not reporting this week. Maybe going to report after this weekend. Uh, he kind of has to, or he doesn't get his year of eligibility and he doesn't become a free agent. So, But heaven knows what's going to happen when he gets back there. There's one of two things. He Either the Steelers are going to run him into the ground, which is the whole reason why he held out in the first place, because he didn't want that to happen. Um, or they're going to say, no, forget it. Connor's our guy, and you're just going to sit. So I don't know what what's going to happen with that. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you about. I mean, I think, man, there's such animosity there, it seems like, that um, you would think that the Steelers are going to try to get every last drop they can out of Bell, but at the same time, everybody's looking at Connor and Connor's outproducing what Bell did last year. So right. if it does Bell really give you the best opportunity to win anymore? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I, that'll be an interesting uh, storyline when he comes back. I think it is a win. I don't think it's an if I think anybody right. who's talking like it's an if is crazy. Yeah. But, right. I, I, um, think gonna, I think it's going to, the, what's going to tell is their record. You know, if they if they let's say so we're week eight, if they lose this game this weekend, and let's say they lose again next week, now they're not gonna they're probably not gonna lose to Cleveland, but you know it's possible. Uh, you know they did tie earlier in the year, and right. I know you're rooting for another one. Um, oh, always. <laughs> but what could happen is let's say the Steelers are lose the next two. They could look at it from an asset management standpoint and say, you know what? We know Connor's going to be here. Let's not expose him to any undo. You know, what if what if uh, Connor tears an ACL while uh, Le'Veon Bell's sitting on the bench? And then now they've got to rehab a guy they're hanging on to. You know, if they look like they're kind of out of things, I don't think they are. But if they are looking like that and if they think that way, they may run Bell and sit Connor a little bit more just to save up for next year. It's all going to depend on where they're sitting and how much they want to asset manage and how much they're going for this year. Hello? Hello? Oh, hang on. Phone reverse back to the stupid way. Oh, yeah. Mine did too. I had to undo it. Yep. Okay. I should be able to start at a minute. Okay. Yeah, so um, I think if – the problem with the Steelers is that I think if this is any other team – I could see a New Orleans light situation where you have Kamara and Ingram in New Orleans. You have Connor and balance for the Steelers. You know, you could think both of them could be relevant, but the Steelers really only use one back, even though both of them could be weapons. Um, And I just don't see them pulling their, uh, you know, changing their entire system to try to incorporate 
two uh, running backs. No, I agree 100%. They're going to – it'll be one – either they're going to play Connor the whole time and only sprinkle in a little bit of Bell, or they're going to run Bell the whole time and sprinkle a little bit. So either way you go, you know, for the Bell owner, they're hoping for the latter that it's all Bell and the Connor goes away. And obviously the Connor owner is hoping that it stays the way it is. And we're not going to know until he gets back in into the building. Right. I mean, the only other in this is the trade deadline is next Tuesday. And correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe it's at midnight. I believe um, you're right. Yep. The midnight of the 30th. So there is – there's been talk that Bell is not going to report until after the trade deadline because he doesn't have to and he wants to control everything. Right. But if he does, then – I mean, who knows, you know, if he, I think if you see him sign his, uh, sign his thing by next Monday night, uh, we're going to have some talk going. Yeah, of course. That's probably why he's not going to show up until Wednesday morning. Right. So he'll sign his thing and then he'll get in the building and he probably won't do much that first week. And then he'll maybe be part of the game plan the following week. Right. Um, our next news, uh, obviously the speaking, big one for Dallas trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper to Dallas for a first round pick. Um, I know yep. you and I were, and Blake were all texting back and forth about it and had very mixed opinions. I'll say, um, I take us through this whole trade. All right. So Dallas thought that their experiment at being like the Patriots and not having a number one receiver, or I'd argue Edelman is their number one receiver. You've seen how much of a better offense they've been after Edelman's suspension was over, uh, regardless of what Gronk was doing. But at any rate, Dallas decided they could follow that uh, plan and that that could just go, go to whoever's open. The problem is when you don't have anybody on the outside that commands any kind of attention and your best route runner is a middle guy in Cole Beasley and you're trying to run the ball, then what teams do are they're going to put singles on the outside, maybe a high safety, and they're going to pack in that box. If you've got a good defensive line um, that can bottle you up, you're not going to get anywhere. Hence, most of the road teams that they've played, um, you know, people are looking at it like, oh, Dallas can't play on the road. No, they just happen to play good defensive lines on the road. And at home, they get weaker defensive lines that they can run through. And you notice that at home they've been able to run the ball and haven't been out on the road. Um, so what Amari Cooper is going to allow is, regardless of what you think about him, he's going to allow Dallas to run more of their offense that they had from two years ago. You're not going to be able to just single him up all the time. You're still going to, you're going to probably have to roll a safety to his coverage because he is a good player. Um, so now you've got one less person in the box. You've got room for Cole Beasley. You got room for Zeke. It's going to help Dallas's offense. It doesn't make them an instant Super Bowl contender or anything like that. It just makes it so that they can try to get into the tournament at the end of the season. Um, as far as what they paid, they had to pay a price. Um, the Eagles were willing to pay a, a second round pick. Dallas wasn't willing to let another free agent go to the Eagles, uh, which uh, the JHI trade last year kind of sparked them and, uh, propelled them to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, along with their other free agent ads. Dallas wasn't going to let that happen. They made the move. And where I think they overspent, I like the addition. Yep. I 
still not worth it. Not worth a first round pick. I, uh, every time I look at it, I'm just like, gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like the price, but here's another thing that you can look at it this way, uh, especially if you're a Dallas fan. If you would have gone the way this went, you couldn't fairly evaluate that Prescott as a future quarterback. He's got after this year, one more year, year, and then you got to think about how much you want to invest in him. Do, you know, is he you going to put a $80 million, $100 million into Dak Prescott, or are you moving on? By getting an yeah. Amari Cooper, you're going to get now the rest of this season to evaluate how Dak Prescott does with what is a former top five receiver. First two years in the league, he was over 1,000 yards. He fell off a little near three, and this year, well, the whole team's a dumpster fire in Oakland, so you can't really evaluate. But he's already had, you know, even though they've struggled, he had 200-yard games, which is more than the entire Dallas team has had this year. So he instantly becomes Dallas's best receiver, and now you can fairly evaluate Dak Prescott for the future. And so let's say that you spent way too much. Cooper doesn't work out. You know, he's doing what he can, but Dak Prescott still can't get him the ball, blah, blah, blah. They talk about not being on the same page and all the crap that went on with Dez, um, which, by the way, Dez still hasn't signed with the team, so that tells you how much that was Dak's fault. Um, but you get a fair assessment then, and then you don't invest $100 million in a quarterback that's not going anywhere. So there's another way to look at that. Yeah, I think that's the, um, that's the most convincing argument to me is maybe you're trading a first-round pick and, what, $14 million next year? But it might save you a hundred million dollars after next year, if well. And they're also looking at like he's only he's only getting paid like eight hundred thousand this year as a salary, right? So they're looking at like a technically a two year seven million dollar a year investment, right? Even though he's getting a big chunk next year, and they'll have plenty of time between now and then to decide whether he's a guy they want to keep long term and you know renegotiate and all that kind of thing. Yeah, like I said, um, I think that's the really the only convincing argument you can give to me. Um, right. Because plus, he's only six months older than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, but he's still again older than whatever first rounder you're going to take in a wide receiver heavy draft next year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the fact that you get at least somebody to put on the field that can that should open up some receivers and then it's just up to Dak to hit him or hit them. Right. I should, that that's right. more compelling out of all the yeah. arguments. So yeah, if, if the offense still struggles with Amari Cooper in there, then it's, it's more than just receiver. The receivers don't make plays, but there's been, a, if you really look at the tape and everything, the receivers are not making plays. Alan Hearns is not getting any separation. Thompson is letting balls bounce off his chest every time. I think he went to the uh, Williams School of Receiving about about not catching with your hands. Um, and the one guy that was doing well is hurt. Right. So, at any rate, that's that's my twelve cents on that. All right, and the last uh, more so league news: uh, we did have a trade this week. Um. Easy Turbo traded Jordan Reed and Allen Robinson to CI Whitefish for Kyle Rudolph and Traquan Smith. Um, and since then, Allen Robinson has been dropped by CI Whitefish. So this is effectively a Jordan Reed for Kyle Rudolph and Traquan Smith trade. Um, I got to tell you, I don't, 
you know, Rob, I know you were in this trade. I know you traded Kyle Rudolph and Traquan Smith. I'm yeah. not sure I particularly understand this trade from your standpoint. Um, from my standpoint, I think you got old busted and Jordan Reed and, you know, just, I mean, all he is now is a Jag. He's just a guy and you're trading away Kyle Rudolph, who is also kind of just a guy, but uh, he is just a guy. Yeah. And then you're trading yeah. Raquan Smith and the fact you trade, I thought Allen Robinson was an upgrade over Traquan Smith, but then you went and dropped Allen Robinson. So, we'll- yep. All right. So, <clears throat> Allen Robinson is not much part of that Chicago offense. Plus, he's got a lingering groin injury, and I wasn't willing to wait it out anymore with him. Chicago's moving on. I'm moving on. Um, I did the tight end because. I have volatile tight end situation. I've got McDonald, who you can't tell if one week it's going to be him, if one week it's going to be the outlaw Jesse James. You know, that Pittsburgh offense, it just goes where it wants to from the tight end position. So it's hard to depend on that. By the same token, it's hard to depend on what amounts to be like the fourth option in the Minnesota offense. Um, You know, Kyle Rudolph gets a catch. Here and there. He had a couple game stretch where he was doing all right, you know, getting four or five at least, which this year's tight end crop isn't terrible. But, I mean, he just isn't consistent enough. Um, Reed was decently consistent before his bye. Um, They were actually ranked at about the same. uh, And Reed has already been out one week with his bye. So I went with that. I just went with a little bit of upside. I know he's all broken. But it's not like Rudolph's a young pup. Um, I didn't really have many uh, choices out there. I wish I had, you know, one of the young up-and-comers like Njoku or somebody like that, but I don't. So it is what it is. It's my weakest position. Yeah, and I mean, the only good part about Reed is that Washington is uh, snake bit this year for injuries, especially on the offensive right. side and on the playmaker side. So maybe. Right. Looking forward, you're seeing a little bit higher volume to Jordan Reed, but the defenses might also key in on him a little bit more. So, um, yeah, well, we'll just- the, the big, you want to know the biggest thing for me was what's that? And it's upcoming schedule. Sure. Yep. I mean, we don't, the Giants aren't much of anything. Then we've got Atlanta, we've got Tampa Bay. You know how that neither one of those teams know how to cover a tight end. Well, and and the, then the thing is, is, You'll know by you'll know by the end of week ten if you have your yeah. tight end for the rest of the year or if you don't have anything at all. Right. And so I decided, you know what? I picked up Smith. He's a three catch guy. He might get I mean, he's an upside play. I knew for um um that the two tight ends were about the same. I had to you gotta offer something just like Dallas's trade. You gotta to get something, you gotta give something. So I gave an upside uh guy in Smith to um Turbo took back a pile of garbage just because I am taking a shot with Reed. Right. Well, we will jump into the matchups with that. All right. Uh, Overall, last week we had a good week. Rob, you went five and oh. Blake and I both went one. Um, that leaves you at twenty-five, nine and one on the year. That leaves Blake at twenty and sixteen, and that leaves me at twenty-one and fourteen. Um 
as far as the Commissioner's Cup go, Blake did lose the Commissioner's Cup last week. So he will uh, he won't end the year, but currently he is the only team with uh, that has successfully defended the Commissioner's Cup, and he did it for four weeks in a row. So nice. we'll keep track of that as we keep going. Um, we'll start off this mat or these matchups with the not racist Redskins and Let's Go Cyclones. Not racist Redskins coming in on a two-game winning streak and at, sitting at four and three on the season. Let's go Cyclones sitting at three and four on the season and a two-game losing streak. Rob, what are you seeing in this matchup? Well, I mean, for the Redskins, they're, they're taking a little bit of hit at running back. Zeke's on by this week. So they're having to go with White, which is a good play against Buffalo um, because they lost uh, uh, Sony and they're n- they didn't sign anybody. They didn't bring anybody up. So they're going to just go with White, and I forget the guy who's uh, there as a backup. So I really think this is good for White. Yeah, that's it. You know, Mike Evans is good. Robert Woods is good. Zach Ernst is great. Um, I'm not a fan of any of the Jags receivers right now, uh, and I'm not a huge Kenyon Drake fan. I think everybody's owned him for one week this year. Um, So I'm not really big on that. Um, We'll see. He's got some – options on the bench you know he could put Edelman in uh instead of Keenan Cole he could put a Doug Baldwin in instead of Keenan Cole so we'll see what happens there um on the Cyclone side obviously Cyclones hasn't changed their lineup yet um you know he's gonna play Drew Brees you know he's got Devontae Adams you know the video game is gonna play it's gonna be mixing uh probably Golden Tates or, or something to go along with uh, uh, with Devontae Adams. Njoku is a good play. Um, you know, I, I like Cyclones' team here. Yeah, I mean, just one thing to add on Cyclones, I think Jordy Nelson might be an interesting play this week. Um, playing against uh, Indianapolis, who is not the best um, pass defense. And right. uh, obviously Cooper's not in that offense anymore to take targets, so – Outside of Cook and Jordy, who are you going to throw to? Um, Yeah, exactly. And on the not-racist Redskins side, uh, they lost another um, running back to IR today with Bilal Powell. Um, Yeah, Bob Powell's gone. Yeah, we we forgot to mention him in the news and notes, but uh, a little bit of a scary situation, uh, having surgery on his neck. And the team is concerned, or and I assume he is concerned, that it could be career ending. So, uh, yeah, it sounds a lot like the it sounds a lot like the injury that two of the Seahawks had last year, and both those guys are retired. So, I have a feeling that yeah, that's the end for Bob Powell there. Yep. Um, I guess let's go ahead and pick this one, Rob. Who you got? <sighs> you know, this is a tough one, honestly, because I could see it going a bunch of different ways, but. I'm going to have to go with the Cyclones. All right. Um, and Blake did, even though he's not here tonight, uh, he did send us his picks. He chose the not racist Redskins in this one. Okay. Oh, so you're going to break the tie here. Yes, I am. And I'm trying to decide how I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> man, on this kind of thing, it comes down to positional advantage. I like Njoku, but Ertz has been 
Uh, Ertz has been the guy in Philly or yeah. the main guy. Man, I don't I know. I like Cyclone's receivers better, though. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but – That's why I think it's, it's going to be close. Yeah, it's this is going to be a really close matchup. I This is going to come down to, I think, the quarterbacks. Not race Redskins doesn't have a great option. Let's go Cyclones has Drew Brees. I'm going to give it to Cyclones, but I'm not going to be surprised if it goes one way or the other. I wouldn't either, and that's why I went with Cyclones because he had Drew Brees. So we're thinking the same way. Yep. All right. All right. Our next matchup uh, pits the Foyus against Easy Turbo. Foyus coming off a red hot three game losing streak, and Easy Turbo kind of been seesaw wins and losses, but they did win last week. Tyler, how do you see this one shaping up? Oh man. Um, I mean, these are two teams that. I think are pretty close as far as uh, I guess you could call it talent. It's fantasy football, but you know what I mean? Um, But I think the big one is um, the Foyus do have a couple of injury concerns. Um, Obviously they've been hurt by bell all year, um, but they also are carrying a second kicker and a second defense on their roster, which is, a little bit puzzling definitely is limiting their roster moves. Um, as far as what, what they have in their starting lineup, John Brown has been a big surprise this year um, has been really consistent. Um, only has two weeks in single digits and last week put up 31 against new Orleans, a little bit tougher matchup against Carolina this week, but I don't have any problem with putting him in your starting lineup other than the fact that he's also starting Michael Crabtree who has also been super consistent. It's just, you're definitely capping your upside here. Um, Whereas Turbo is the all high or boom bust team. Um, Obviously Gurley has the highest floor of anybody in football right now, but you have Tyler Boyd, who's lost out on a lot of targets the last couple of weeks. You have Brandon Cooks. Again, you're doubling up on an offense, so that's capping your upside. Um, Man, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this one, just looking at it. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'd echo what what you're saying, um, especially on the FOU side with the the double dip into the Baltimore receivers. I mean – Brown, I can see. I probably wouldn't be touching Crabtree. I might think about doing that old magic, put put a tight end in flex. He's got Kittle and Ebron, which I think two top five tight ends. Um, Ooh, yeah. I'd, I'd actually give that a, a, a look-see. And, yeah, there's I, – I wouldn't be carrying two kickers, but he's probably hanging on to them because uh, um, the Rams haven't had their bye yet, correct? Um. No, I don't think they yeah. have because I think they're seven and zero. But it's so, yeah. way out there. It's way out there in week twelve, so it's not necessarily. Oh, so, so he could. Okay, so he could. He could bail on that. So yeah, I agree. There's and he's been just crushed by injuries. I mean, Cooper Cup, um, Bernard, and then he he is gonna maybe gain something by having Cooper be getting traded. We'll see how that turns out. Um, obviously, not this week. Um. You know, for Turbo, I mean, I like Gabriel on his bench. Uh, he's kind of with um, – we talked about Robinson earlier. With Robinson being uh, – getting a 
missing practice with a groin this week, you know, it's a lot's going to go for Taylor Gabriel. And he's been kind of the man there the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Ingram's be splitting. I, you know, I think Tyler Boyd bounces back this week. Um, and like you said, Gurley's, you know, kind of been the man <laughs> all year. Yeah. In football, in fantasy football, well, in real football and fantasy football. Um, well, and uh, one thing I have to add to Amari Cooper, the one good part about this Cooper trade is that with it, you've had back-to-back buys with Amari Cooper. So right. the good part is he can't hurt you when he's on buy. Right. And he should be healthy when he comes out of it next week. And now you've got a new receiver. So. No, I, okay. I mean, he can't hurt your fantasy team because you're not going to put oh. him in. When <laughs> That's true. 100% true. <laughs> oh. um, as far as how I see this one going, I mean, right now I've got to give it to Turbo. Yeah, I agree. I think Turbo's got the best player in the matchup. Honestly, he's probably got the best two or three players in the matchup um, as far as both ceilings and floors go and Gurley, Cooks, right. um and then either Boyd or Ingram, depending on how you want to look at it. So, right. yeah, I'm going to give it to Turbo. And Blake also gave it to Turbo there. Well, there, there we go. It's a sweeper. Um, jumping into our next matchup, we have Trash Panda versus the Kegerator. Trash Panda coming in at 2-5 and five with a one-game losing streak. And Kegerator coming in at 3-4, and four, losing four in a row. It's almost Ouch. like when we mentioned the Kegerator curse, it went away. Yeah. Hmm. Makes or, you think, or it, or, it, or it stuck to him, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it it makes you think. It does make you think. Um, I'll jump into what I'm seeing here. Obviously, Keg Raider's right. been hurt by Fournette's uh, Fournette being out. Um, that's been a huge loss for his team. So he's been throwing guys in like Adrian Peterson and Corey, Corey Clement and all that kind of stuff. Really doesn't have great options at all at running back. Uh, whereas Trash Panda has had Saquon Barkley to just lock in at running back. and But he's also been hurt by Dalvin Cook, obviously not to the extent of a first-round draft pick, but what, second, third? I, I don't remember when he was yeah, drafted. Yeah, second, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, second, yeah. 14 overall. Yeah, I mean, I agree. They, they both, you know, kind of had the injury bug. Um and in, in spots that you can't afford it, all, all three of their main injuries have been a running back, you know. But Trash Panda has got Saquon Barkley, and as we've seen, he's pretty much matchup immune. Um, you know, if, you, if I'm looking at his starting lineup, I really don't like Hines because I think Mac has kind of taken that over. Um, I also don't like stacking, you know, Hines and Hilton there that much. Um, yeah. and Andrew Luck, I mean, you're really piling it on the, the Colts there, and they're not necessarily a juggernaut. He welcomes Ingram back. I'm sure that'll do nothing but improve. Um, well, here, and, I got a know, question for you, Rob. Sure. What do you think between these wide receivers? Um, Trash Panda has T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, and Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. and Keg Raider has Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devin Funches. Where, oh. where do you lean on these wide receivers? Well, he could not play Funches, and I'd still like Hopkins and Schuster over the three of them. Yeah. Over Hilton, Jeffrey, and Jones put together. Because Juju's going to get his. Hopkins is obviously going to get his. Now, Hopkins has a harder matchup this week. 
against Miami, but I don't worry about that with Hopkins. Um, and Juju, I don't worry about him either because him and Brown have been splitting it up pretty much in that first game against uh, Cleveland. He went for five for a buck 19. So, it, you know, Cleveland doesn't scare me there. Um, I don't know what I – I mean, he doesn't have much choice but to play Funches. But Funches has a tough matchup against Baltimore. Baltimore's defense has been really good this year. Yeah, I mean, just looking through here, I actually like T.Y. Hilton over DeAndre Hopkins this week. Um, and I'd be willing to take almost any bet on that. Um, just because uh, Oakland has been a sieve to wide receivers this year. Oakland has been that terrible, yes. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins um, is going to get Xavier Howarded. Um so, and it's Thursday night. So, I actually like Hilton over Hopkins. I think Juju um, is probably the safest wide receiver that you got in this whole matchup, All especially right. with Alshon at Jacksonville in London. Um, but Marvin Jones Jr. is one of those guys that could blow up this week. Um, and, you know, like we were talking about, Devin Funches has a tough matchup, and he's. Right. He honestly plays kind of like a tight end where you're just hoping for that touchdown. So I don't know. I don't know where I, I'd probably give it slightly to keg Raider, but it's really not by as much as you'd think just looking at names. Yeah. At the wide receiver. Yeah. It's Hilton could have one of those T Y games where he gets seven for a buck 55 and a long touchdown. He really, oh, yeah. And Marvin Jones is either going to get three for 36 or he's going to get nine for 110. Right. You, you just don't know. If he gets the latter, then Trash Panda's got a heck of a chance. Now, if honestly, if it were me, I'd be playing Lockett over Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, Lockett's been ultra consistent. Now, a lot of that has come from being the touchdown guy, but – you really haven't seen Baldwin be the touchdown guy in that offense, and maybe they've shifted to Lockett. I, I don't know, but um, and I mean they obviously like him. They signed him to an extension, and he has touchdowns in all but one game this year. So, right. I, I'd so be thinking about this one. Um, you know, I think, I think looking at the fact that we were talking about how I think Oakland is going to give up a lot to in the passing game. I think mm-hmm. the stack of Luck and Hilton is going to be huge here. Um, and I think Naeem Hines actually benefits a little bit from that, being the uh, one of the pass-catching guys. Uh, I say one of the pass-catching guys. Um, but I think I think Trash Panda could flip um, – well, I was going to say they could flip in a running back here, but they really can't. They really they're no can. Yeah, yeah. Probably out till week 10. Um, we don't know about LaShawn McCoy. Um, if and, he has the concussion protocol, I guess he could play, but I don't know that he's, you know, that much better. Yeah, I think um, – but that being said, Keg Raider doesn't have the best matchups, although uh, the Giants did just trade – what, Damian Harrison? Is that right? Oh, Snacks um, Harrison, the big guy in the middle, yeah. their best run stopper. Right. So, that you know what? I think that might actually flip it for me. I think – yeah, Saquon's the best running back overall here, but Clement's going to get his in that backfield where there's nobody else. Peterson, I think, could have a big game against the Giants. Like we were talking about, the wide receivers aren't too far off. I think that 
I'll lean quarterback for the Trash Panda, but I'm going to overall give it to Kegerator. Okay. So, I've changed my mind twice. <laughs> Just like I did? Yes. Because I'm looking at the quarterbacks and I'm thinking, okay, Luck's going to outplay Roethlisberger because Oakland is garbage. Saquon is going to outplay Peterson. Naheims and Clement, to me, are a wash. I think T.Y. and Alshon both could do well. I still like Juju way better than Alshon, but Hilton could easily surpass Hopkins. Jimmy Graham and Engram, I call that a wash. Funches and Marvin Jones, maybe a little edge to Marvin Jones. And then we're talking kickers to defense, which I don't want to do. So, that all Actually, kicker's defense, the Bears are up against the Jets this week. Correct, and the Browns are against Pittsburgh. So, that gives the edge to Kagerator. So, now I'm going to change again, and I'm going to give it to Kagerator. <laughs> I have yeah, Kagerator. Then, then, while you were talking, I was going to give it to Trash Panda. So, I'm going to say Kagerator <laughs> wins by less than five points. There you go. And Blake takes the Trash Panda because he's an idiot. <laughs> Oh, goodness <laughs> sakes. All right. Well, the next matchup is a is a whirlwind. It, uh, we've got the Reapers here on a uh, only a three-game winning streak, that's all, against the Backdoor Hot Snakes. Oh, by the way, at five and two. Backdoor Hot Snakes also five and two on a one-game losing streak. Lost the Commissioner's Cup to some team. Um, I'm going to kind of go through – what I think about this matchup, and then I'll let you let you tell me what you think, Tyler. Um, on the Reaper side, we've got your number one quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. I like McCaffrey. We already talked about Connor. He's doing as well or better than Bell would have to this point. Uh, the Reapers get Antonio Brown back. They've got Adam Thielen, the number one uh, wide receiver in fantasy. you got Travis Kelsey, top three or two. Carry on Johnson, who just ripped off a hundred and some odd yards last week. Steelers against Cleveland, I'm okay with that. And Tucker, I mean, he did miss an extra point, but you know that's an extra point. Then we got Winston, love him. Um, he's been everything. You know, he makes mistakes, but he throws for 300 every time. Uh, Lindsey should get more play because I think that their uh, ro- uh, their other rookie is hurt. Uh, Marlon Mack is back. <laughs> I didn't mean to run that, but I did. Uh, Diggs, Green, Burton, love them. Jalen Richards going to get more play with um, Beast Mode on IR. Um, and then the Dolphins and uh, Blake Kicker of the Week. So I really think this is an even matchup. But based on the fact of where the Reapers are, I'm starting to lean that way. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I'm actually um, pleasantly surprised that you're calling this an even matchup because my whole point was going to be I have the names. I clearly have the names. But Blake has all the matchups this week. I'm terrified of Philip Lindsay this week with Royce Freeman out with a high ankle sprain. Marlon Mack. Yeah, Marlon Mack came on strong last week. Jalen Richard. Like I said, I think Indy's going to be up in that game. Jalen Richard's going to be the pass catching back there. I think he can get a lot. Um Green obviously got all the work, and now he's last week, and now he's playing Tampa Bay. That's right. great for me. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Stephon Diggs uh, against New Orleans, that's going to be probably a high-scoring matchup. Trey Burton, uh, what, has he scored in two straight games? Yeah. Three, had, three out of the last four. Yeah, so 
I think, like I said, I have the names and I probably have the floor, but this could, this could very well be a 210 to 195 point week. It could be. And if it's that way and, and uh, the hot sticks are on the losing end, they'll lose their shit because that seems to have happened <laughs> a few times it's this, uh, so far this year. So um, I probably don't need to ask, but who are you taking in this one? I'm taking me. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to start betting against myself now. Um, can I assume Blake took you as well? Yes, he did. Okay. I am going to take you. But I'm going to say this, that this matchup is going to come down to the Diggs-Steelen matchup. And it's what happens in New Orleans? Does Minnesota do like they've been doing and Thielen gets his 800-yard game in a row? Or does New Orleans take a page out of the New England book and take away your best weapon and make you go somewhere else? And is it a Diggs game? I don't know if it is. And if that ends up being what's hap- what happens, then Hot Snakes is going to win. If it's the way most people think it's going to happen, that it's happened the past seven weeks in a row, then Reapers are going to win. Yeah, I think that's a matchup to watch out for. The other one I think is the flex position. Um, I have carry on Johnson right now. Um, obviously, he's still in a timeshare, and I don't know right now um, what Theo Riddick looks like for this week. Right. Um, he has Jalen Richard. We talked about that. I think that's another matchup to watch, and that could be one where if one player booms and the other player underperforms, that could be a swing uh, matchup right. as well. Agreed. And so did you say that you took the Reapers here? Yes. Perfect. Just wanted to make sure. Um, our last matchup for the Commissioner's Cup is between CI Whitefish and Club Baby Seals. Um, CI Whitefish coming in at six and one with a four game win streak, including the win over hot snakes to get the commissioner's cup last week and club baby seals coming in at one and six with a one game winning streak. Don't call it a comeback. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> I picked um, that one. Yep. Um, I'll go through the matchup here since you're obviously playing in it. Um, you guys did do the Rogers Brady trade. I believe that was before last week, right? It was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, both players have a pretty good matchup. The Rams are actually surprisingly, um, well, I guess they haven't given a lot to quarterbacks. They're eight. That surprises me. I know that their corners haven't been doing great. So I'll, I'll probably take Brady, especially with the long, uh, with the bye week last week and the long week going into Monday night. Um, as far as running backs go, Club Baby Seals doesn't stand a chance, even with Crowell with Bilal Powell going to IR and um, Collins being in a timeshare. Whitefish has Kareem Hunt and Latavius Murray. Murray with Cook likely out. That's a great play. Kareem Hunt, always a good play. At wide receiver, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Michael Thomas. Can't beat that. And against Kenny Galladay and Emmanuel Sanders, which I would say are surprisingly close to your wide receivers, but still not a matchup. Um, if Gronk plays, I will say Club Baby Seals has the edge on that side. But if I'm – oh, I was going to say if I'm him, I'm picking up Charles Clay, but look at that. He's already on his bench. There you so, go. Um, so it's going to be Gronk or Charles Clay. I think if it's Charles Clay – it's a, it's a push. You're putting garbage against garbage. Uh, otherwise, Gronk is a clear win. And then Tyreek Hill in the flex is just 
a cheat code for your fantasy lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say uh, for this matchup, I don't think. Uh, I think it's Whitefish all the way. Um, you know, a quarterback, I'm not worried about my matchup. The, the Rams are like eighth, um, but they also played Arizona is in there. Um, San Francisco without their best quarterback and a struggling Seattle offense. Uh, otherwise, they gave up, you know, 300-plus in touchdowns to Denver, over 400 and three to Minnesota, uh, and uh, 300 to Oakland in the first game. So I'm not really worried about them. Plus, Buffalo secretly is the fifth-best uh defense against the, against quarterbacks so i think i got the edge there and then you went through the rest pretty thoroughly um you know when you got hunt murray's gonna uh it came out today that they're gonna sit uh dalvin cook until at least week 10 so latavius murray gets the run there um you know i'm gonna take me as well all right and blake actually in a surprise pick took club baby seals and said that he is expecting them to start to go on a run. He says it's their time of year. So outside <laughs> of that, Rob. He's trying to bandwagon jump because he didn't get on the Club Baby Seals first win like I did last week. So now he's just trying to see if he can catch some second oh, week. Oh, no. Glory. He was on Club Baby Seals last week. Oh, was he? Damn it. Yeah. Yep. I was the only one that wasn't on Club Baby Seals oh, last week. Okay. I knew somebody was picking against. All right. Then I take that back. Way to go. Don't be- don't be freaking out when you're listening to this, you school bot. <laughs> I mean, just kidding. <laughs> All, right. All right. Any last thoughts? Nah. Um, right. I, I'm hoping for many more trades this week. I'm expecting a couple, which if you look at some moves that, that I did, that, uh, some uh, bottom barrel pickups, it's because I expect a couple trades still to happen. We'll see if they do. If they don't, no problem. But I expect some more trades. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.